Let's turn to the Word of the Lord. We're on our last session on when you gather, and uh, this morning, yeah, you came to the right church. We're going to talk about giving. <laughs> when you gather, give. So I don't preach a lot on tithes and offerings, free will offering and giving, because I've learned a long time ago that if, if people are fed well, they will give. And so that's our effort here at the church is to just continue to give you Jesus, and the response to that is to give back unto Him. But there are times we need instruction as to how to give. New Testament giving is different than Old Testament giving. And so the New Testament offering, we call it tithes, is different than the Old Testament tithe, and I want to share that with you. We talked about Paul saying to the church, when you gather, you're to sing, okay? We worship. He then said, when you gather, there is instruction or there is teaching. We're to learn and to grow from that. Then last week as we studied, he said, when you gather, there should be revelation, tongues, interpretation. So the moving of the Holy Spirit in our midst to hear a thus saith the Lord, a God now word for us uh, that we've also experienced even just in praying for our teams. And then also to the Corinthian church, he said, when you gather, you're to take a collection, you're to give. So I want to walk you through that. This is Paul's instruction to the Gentile churches. Now, the gospel has been opened up to all nations, and God is shifting his... What's, what's dispensation of working with the nations? He's not going to tell all of the nations to become Jewish. He's not going to make all the nations to operate under the law of a theocracy. The law's been fulfilled in Christ Jesus so that now he opens up salvation to whosoever will throughout the nations. And so Paul is going to tell them how to give. And this giving is not going to be according to Israel's Levitical system. He's not telling Gentiles to support the Levite priests anymore. In fact, that temple will be destroyed in 70 AD. So he's not bringing them under the Levitical system because that system was fulfilled in Christ. We have a new priest, um, the Melchizedek priesthood of Jesus Christ. So the giving system is going to be changed. It's moving from percentages and feeding from your harvest of cattle and herds a particular priesthood or a temple tax to now supporting your communities around the world. That's a whole different system, and that's what Paul is talking about. You see, tithing was concerned with living in the land of Israel. They were to pay a tithe unto God for inhabiting his land. God put his temple there. And so each year, according to the Old Testament Levitical system, they were to give 10% to the Levitical priests because they didn't have a land that they cultivated with agriculture and herds. And so the people were to take their cattle, their herds, their uh, oxen, and their agriculture and give 10% of it to the tribe of Levi so that they could maintain their ministry in the temple. And so that was 10% of their crops and herds they were to give. Then Israel was also responsible to give 10% uh, to the temple tax to maintain the temple in Jerusalem. 
And uh, so that's 20% of whatever income comes in. And then last of all, every three years they're to give 10%. So that equals out to 3.3% per year given uh, to the poor. And so if you want to go by Old Testament tithing, you should be giving 23 and a third percent. Any takers? Now many New Testament people have transferred the Levitical system into the New Testament, taking with it those curses and those uh, words against Israel who would not support the Old Testament taxes and bring a curse against them. And they've, they've brought it over into the New Testament and say, if you're not fulfilling this tax and giving to the church, God will curse you. And that just doesn't fly under the New Covenant. And so we have to understand New Testament giving, all right? So the Old Testament giving was based on living in Israel and supporting the temple of God under the theocracy of the Lord over Israel. Jesus fulfilled all of that. And the temple was destroyed in 70 AD, and you no longer have crops to give to a Levitical priesthood. So what are we to do? Well, Paul takes the principles of the Old Testament giving, the heart of it, transfers it into the New Testament, because everything in the New Testament isn't based on percentages, it's based on faith. Everything you do in the New Testament should be operating out of a heart of faith and gratitude towards the Lord. And so that's what Paul's going to say concerning our our giving. And so let's look at this. The New Testament shifts from a Levitical tithe to a free will offering. And so, in fact, let me tell you a story. Jesus went to a particular Pharisee's house, and the Pharisee welcomed him in and had him sit there. But then a woman came in, a prostitute, who began to weep at Jesus' feet. And she wept and washed his feet with her tears and dried them off. And the, the uh, Pharisee was just aghast at this, this supposed prophet. Don't you know what kind of woman this is? She's a prostitute. She's unclean. She's filthy. But Jesus then told him, let me ask you a question. Who would be more grateful, one who was forgiven a small debt or a great debt? And the Pharisee said, obviously, the one who's forgiven of a great debt. And he said, so it is with this woman. Great is the response or great is the love when you have realized the debt that you've been forgiven. Transfer that into our New Testament giving. We don't give through disposable income, a buck here and a buck there. We give because we recognize Jesus Christ died for us. Jesus Christ gave everything for us. God so loved the world. And this message must be given. And the greater you understand the depth of your own depravity that God saved you from, you're not going to be stingy with your money. But you will give to the work of the kingdom. That's basically New Testament giving. It is a response to the love of God that he gave to you. And so let's take a look at it. He says this in 1 Corinthians 16, verses uh, 1 through 4. Now concerning the collection for the saints, 
On the first day of the week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, the collection uh, will not have to be made. Let's just uh, take this apart real quick. Number one, he says, when you gather together. What day did the church gather together? Sunday, the first day of the week. Not the Sabbath. The Sabbath is the day of rest that God ordained. Well, then why did the church celebrate Sunday, the first day of the week? Because that's resurrection day. That's the day of the new creation. That's the Lord's day. That we look forward to the return of Christ, the power of this New Testament, new covenant, and we gather together on that day. Hey, you can gather on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Go ahead. That's fine. It's all good. We're not substituting the Sabbath. We're just celebrating the resurrection. All right? So, yeah, every day is our Sabbath rest in Christ Jesus. The Sabbath, as the writer of Hebrews says, is today. Today is the day of salvation. So our rest or our Sabbath is found in Christ. Now, so uh, when you get together, uh, you know, put together your tithes and offerings. Now, COVID killed that for us. We used to hand a basket around. It was standard procedure, you know. You didn't know you were in church till they took an offering. <laughs> Halfway through, you pass the basket, someone sings a song special, and, and we go on from there. But since COVID, nobody wants to touch the basket that everybody else is touching. Let alone the counters want to touch all that money. Well, they eventually do. So we've shifted to having offering baskets in the back on the back wall. Now, I, I am saddened by the fact that because we have them on the back wall, or what is most typical now is you can give online. And some of you can have direct giving uh, right out of your bank account uh, uh, every week to give to the church. That's a glorious thing too. That's very helpful. But what I miss is we forget to pray for the offering. We need to sanctify and pray and thank God for the gifts that have been given to sustain the work of this ministry. So before the end of this, remind me to pray for the offering, all right? So when you gather together on the first day of the week to celebrate the resurrection, each of you should what? Set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income. So who is to give? Those who have money. He doesn't qualify that. What does he say? He says, each one of you. We teach our children. Uh, I know growing my children growing up, we would give them offering money. My kids didn't work a job till they were older. Uh, so we'd give them a quarter or a dollar to put in the offering. We would teach them that you need to give in the offering. And so our children take an offering downstairs. Uh, and that's important. We're to teach each other to give. Because this is a command given to us by the Apostle Paul. Each one of you should set aside a sum of money. So figure that out. What does that mean to set aside? In other words, you're to determine how much you're to give for the year. 
You're to determine ahead of time. This isn't based on an emotional thing. And this isn't based on, you know, some churches, they, they get someone up there to give you a bunch of scriptures and to tell you that if you don't give, God's coming down on you and you better give. And if you do give, God will give back to you, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing. You give 10, he'll give 1,000 back to you. And the new thing on TV is this, this weird thing where they go, if you will give $87.53, that number, eighty-seven fifty-three, is a good number for today. Give it to God. Come on. I'm not going to pull on you emotionally. I am not going to guilt you into it, and I'm not going to threaten you with God, and I'm also not going to promise you with a reward of cash back. I've been tithing all my life. I should be a millionaire by now. <laughs> and I'm not. But what I do have is the wealth and riches of God's faithfulness, His love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness. I would rather have that. And somebody needs to sing the song, Money Can't Buy You Love. Jesus doesn't give you extra brownie points for how much money you give. It's just standard operating procedure that we're to fund the kingdom of God. How else are we going to exist in this world without having the funds to propagate the gospel? So he says, each one of you should set aside. So make a determination on what you should be giving based on what? In keeping with your income. It wouldn't make sense that you would give more money than you have coming in because then you're calling the church for benevolence. I've, listen, I've heard it all. I had a teacher tell me that if you couldn't pay your 10% tithe, you take a loan out on and pay it. Genius. Now the person's double in debt. They don't have enough money to pay what they were giving before and now they're taking a loan out and now they got to pay the church and the loan. It, that makes no sense. Come on. So determine your funds based on your income. Now, how many of you have had an income shift even in the middle of the year? So then you need to alter your giving based on the income that you have. This isn't rocket science. This is basic. But some of you, oh, but I made a pledge to God if I gave this much now that I lost my job, i got to keep giving it or He won't bless me. I want you to understand one thing when you leave this room. The only reason you and I are ever blessed by God is because of what Jesus did on that cross. You can't buy the blessings of God. Yes, we're to keep our word. Yes, we're to do the best we can. But if your income shifts, you're going to have to maintain your household. And so shift your giving. But always seek first the kingdom of God. Set things first with the kingdom of God. You may not have cider and donuts this month because you're staying faithful to your tithes and offerings. Amen? Now I use the word tithes. That's 10%. Where do we get 10% from? It's the base number of our counting system. And so the concept, right? You have 10 fingers here. So the, the, the concept of the tithe is the, the base of your income is provided by God. Give back unto Him. 
And we'll talk about the percentages in a minute. But he says here, each one of you should set aside a, a sum of money in keeping with your income. Now, if he was going to repeat the Levitical Old Testament tithing, it's 23%, not just 10. And he doesn't say 23, and he doesn't say 10, and he doesn't say according to the law. In fact, we'll get into that in a minute. But he says, you set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up. Amen? All right. And so that's the first point he makes to the Corinthian church. And then he says it again in the second letter to the Corinthian church. He says this. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Praise God. All right, so what are the principles that he's going to tell us about? Number one, Sowing seed, the seed principle. This is, you see it everywhere, right? And so the idea of sowing a seed is you're, you're planting something into uh, the ground or whatever you're investing in, and it will bring a return. So if you sow cheaply into something, what will your return be? Right? Your investment, when you invest yourself into something, you have an expectation. You watch, you look, you're engaged. So if you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. This is very simple. If you would learn to be a giving person, modeled after Jesus Christ, how much did Jesus give? All of it. And how many of you remember the widow's might? Jesus is standing by the temple with his disciples. He sees the Pharisees putting big cash in the bin, making sure everybody sees them put the cash in. Then this little old widow comes and has two little mites, all right? And she drops those two little coins in and he says, there it is. That's it. Was it 10%? It was all she had. It was all she had. But she was sowing into the temple of God because she relied on God to be her resource. She was relying on God to be her sufficiency and her provision. So the New Testament model goes way beyond your 10%. Goes beyond 23 and a third percent. It goes by giving by faith according to the unction of the Holy Spirit. See, now some of you have been given 10% for 30, 40 years, and you think you're all good. But in New Testament giving, you need to be considering, you're no longer giving by faith, you're giving by convenience. You've adjusted all your giving levels based on that 10%. And some of you could be afforded to giving more to the kingdom of God. Because it's by faith. Can you sow into the kingdom of God? No. The giving may be into your church. You need to be faithful to give to the storehouse, the Bible says in Malachi, that, that you're giving to where you're being fed and so forth, right? Uh, and so he says that the idea is don't be sparingly. Give. Bless. Uh, the more you walk in this function of money not controlling your 
your economy of home. Money not controlling your life, but you taking authority over it, learning to give. You will begin to see a fluidity happening. That when you begin to give, God gives back because he's found you faithful. Not clutching to it, but ready to release it. And I've seen this in operation. The more you're willing to give and move by the unction of the Holy Spirit and freely give, God will give back to you. Why? Because you deserve it? No, because he's found you faithful that he can depend on you to make it move. Does this make sense to you? The reason we're all blessed is because of what Jesus did. We're not earning the blessings. But if you would flow in the blessings, using them to bless others, it will begin to reciprocate. He then goes on and he says this, each one, okay, each one must give as he has decided in his heart. Now that's different than the particular percentage. And so God is saying, in keeping with your income, you have to decide in your heart, in an agreement with God, what you will be faithful to give for the year. I'll say in a year, okay? We may have to go six months, depending on the way our economy is and our jobs are. But we're going to have to do that, okay? But we're going to have to decide, and where does it begin? Here. It's not based on the law. It's not based on a particular system. It's based on your intimate relationship with Jesus. Again, the New Testament is based on an interactive relationship with the Lord. There are times, how many of you have done this? There are times the Lord says, give them this much. Special speaker, you go to a special place, or someone's collecting money, or, you know, and God just whispers in your ear to give them a, a certain amount, and it's like, I don't think I heard right. Are you sure? I tell the story all the time because uh, I, I spoke uh, at a, a pastor's retreat and. Um, spoke for the weekend and I met a missionary uh, that was ministering in Germany and after I was done talking to him and he was telling me about his, his ministry and everything else, the Lord said, give him whatever they give you. And I said, well, I don't know if I heard from God. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to give me, Lord. I didn't tell you to know what they gave you. Give him what they give you. Yeah but I'm kind of saving for something. <laughs> and you wrestle. And I've found out you can't wrestle and win with God. You'll walk away limping. Jacob found that out. Thought he could wrestle and he got zapped. So at the end of it, I, uh, they gave me a check and I went back to my room and opened it up and went, ah. Oh, are you sure? So I gave it to the brother. Ten months later, I was in South Africa ministering, and out of the blue, uh, a pastor said, would you come to my church and minister? I said, yeah, sure. So I went to his church. He gave me an abundant offering that was the same amount of money that I had given to the missionary. God will cover you. What was the lesson for that? Be willing to give as God tells you to give. Please enter into that realm. Don't let money bind you. Don't be fearful because of money. It, you can't serve money in God. If you're serving God, he'll take care of the rest. Amen? 
So decide in your heart how you're going to give, the amount you're going to give, and be faithful to it. And this is important. Not, the, the attitude is everything. Not reluctantly. That you got to work on in your attitude, right? All right? But if you finally get there, you're still obedient. You just have to, you know, wrestle a little bit. Not reluctantly, and here's the other one, or under compulsion. Has anybody here been in a situation where you've given because there was compulsion for you to give? Right? How many churches have you been to where you've gotten just railroaded and browbeaten to give? Or the threats of God cursing you because you didn't give? And Paul is saying it must come out of a heart of gratitude. And he finally says, why? Because God loves a cheerful giver. Right? How many of you with your kids, hey, come here, give me a hug. Give your dad a hug. Come on, give me a hug. Get over here and give me a hug. Come here. I'm your father. I created you. Give me a hug. Come on, give me a hug. Come here. And you hug them and they're like, Dad, give me a hug. Gee, that was great, wasn't it? Really felt the love, felt the connection there. But what if you were to look at your daughter or your son and you hold your hands out and they come running into your arms? Ah, God loves a cheerful giver. And all of you know the word in Greek for cheerful is hilaros. Hilaros. God loves a hilarious giver. One who just, yeah, awesome, awesome. When you get into the flow of this and you begin to move, there's times I just love it. My wife will be in, 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 and I'll be in a restaurant and God will say, pay for, their, pay for their breakfast or pay for their lunch. It's like, I can't pay for my own right now. But you obey and you do it and, and to watch what happens and the flow into the giving. Money should not control the kingdom of God. It shouldn't control each of us. Take authority over it. Begin to be cheerful in what you give. Make a decision to give. And Jesus said, if you seek first the kingdom, everything else will be added to you. So God will bring you the desires of your heart, but he wants a hug from you. He wants a cheerful giving. He wants an interaction of him spreading blessing to others. If you're having a hard time coming up with cash, how about the people that you're seeing where he's saying, give them finance? So we are to do that, and that is important. And what will the results be? God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you will abound in every good work. When you are just in such a place with God, grateful for what He's done, and responding to Him from your heart to give, we can accomplish much. For the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen? So, we're to finance our lives under kingdom order. Many churches are financed by the disposable income of those who attend. Do you know what I mean by disposable income? That's after you've paid all your bills, after you've done everything you need to do, after you've done your entertainment and done paid your cable bills and, and paid for your... Uh, 
pop and groceries and, and all your little things, then, uh, you know, on Sunday, maybe I'll give 10 bucks in the offering plate. That is not kingdom giving. He says, set all of your economics based on what you're going to give to the kingdom of God. Everything else must be structured under that. And you will find you're controlling your economy and the economy's not controlling you. That means it's going to take a little bit of work, maybe some reconstructing. So I'm expecting, yeah, you should give 10%, but maybe you can't. Don't worry, you're not going to get cursed. What you need to do is then give, begin to give a percentage. Remember he said, in keeping with your income, determine that percentage. Maybe it's 4%, maybe it's 3%, maybe it's 7%, and maybe, maybe it is 10, but maybe some of you have, that's been 10 for 30 years, it should be 15 now. Reconstruct according to what's coming in and according to your heart and what God said. Maybe this year is a challenging year and God's calling you to 25%. I don't know. I'm not putting a cap on it, and I'm not putting an official structure on it. I'm saying it has to function with your relationship with God for that year. Set up your finance according to kingdom first, and everything else will come. The work of the church must prosper. We're not going to win the world based on disposable income. It must be intentional and deliberate giving so that we can function. Does this make sense to you? Churches are typically functioning by everybody giving their used equipment and used cars and used carpet and can't get a new thing because we can't afford this. It shouldn't be that way. So collectively, look at the dynamic of how many people are here. If we all consider what to give in our heart and consistently do it, we can send teams to Pakistan. We can send teams to the Voice of the Martyr. We can send teams to Ecuador. We can have a prayer tent. We can uh, preach the gospel. We can meet and have the lights on. Oh, wait a minute, we're already doing that. It's because this church knows how to give. That's why I don't have to preach on it every Sunday. You know how to give. You set your house in order. And for those of you who are new to the church, understand the freedom and the liberty of this giving and you'll enter into it. It all operates by your faith and stewardship to God. Amen? Amen. When you gather, determine to give. Let's bow our heads. First off, Father God, I pray for the offerings that have been given throughout this week those that have given online, those given direct deposit, those who today will put offerings in the back boxes. I ask you, God, to bless those gifts. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to bless the offerings that we would be good stewards of the finance. We would not waste it, but we would use it to glorify your name. That the gospel would be continually poured into this region, in these cities and around the world. And I ask that you would bless those who have given today. That as they cheerfully give to you, Lord God, they will become a channel of blessing to this church and to others through their support and faithful giving. And now I ask God that you would watch over us. These times are unique. People are finding themselves strapped in this economy. Taxes, the price of food, housing. Everything's going up, Lord God. It's difficult for us to handle. But if we would set You first, and that we would command our money to obey the kingdom first, we would structure our lives, Lord God, 
in a kingdom order. So bless our jobs. Bless our finances. Help each one of us as Lord God we continue to live with the currency of our nation. And we bring it subject to the currency of heaven, which is the grace of God. Bless each one here this morning, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.